everyone and welcome to yet another SheCrop panel. And this time I am very excited because the topic is very close to my heart because we are going to be talking to people who cosplay villains. I love being bad or at least being a character that is bad. Um, and so this is just going to be so much fun for me. We are going to learn about why we do it, why we love it, and why we keep on coming back to these characters you absolutely love to hate. But first, let's learn a little bit about SheProp. SheProp is a going, growing community that is focused upon representing female, non-binary, two-spirit, and transgender cosplay artists. You can check out this and more SheProp panels on YouTube. Or if you love podcasts, we have panels and other content you can listen to on the SheProp Talk podcast. If you want to join us or if you are an ally and want to show your support, search for SheProp and you will find us on all the social media channels. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay. I'll be moderating the panel today. And I love cosplaying villains because for me, when I cosplay, I really love getting into the character and I love interacting as that character and getting to do that role play. And with villains, the options of how you can behave and what you can say and what you can do and how you can interact with other people in the community is so vast. And when you're doing it in cosplay, it's also so much fun and oftentimes really funny, which is another part of cosplay that I really love to do. So I keep on going back to, to villains. I usually choose villains if I'm picking characters out of the group. I always want to be the bad guy. Hi there. My name is Charlene Happy. I go by Candy Happy. I have been cosplaying for 11 years. And... My favorite type of villain to play is probably the more goofy ones. Hello, I'm Jen Catania, otherwise known as Jen Air Cosplay. And I've been cosplaying for four years, but I did a lot of theatrical costuming and LARP costuming before that. My favorite villains to cosplay are usually found in space and they usually are somewhat glamorous with fancy dresses. And I'm really excited to be here today. Howdy pals, my name is Socks. I'm a Viscera Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for about 10 years and uh, I specialize in monsters and horror villains. Hi, I'm Char of Char Star Cosplay. I've been cosplaying now for a little bit more than six years. And my favorite type of villains to cosplay are usually really glamorous. I tend to gravitate towards either Disney or fairy tale villains. And if they're silly, that's great. But if they have an immaculate costume, then I'm sold. And thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I'm Erin Eide with Team Totoro Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for somewhere in the ballpark of 10 or 11 years. And when it comes to villains, I gravitate to the ones that, that are more funny. So I've done some, some Disney uh, villains uh, and Every once in a while, once, I ventured into the horror area, which is a story, and uh, maybe we'll get to it later. It was fun. Well, thank you all very much for joining us today to talk about our experience in cosplaying villains. I think there are a lot of people who get into cosplay because they want to be their heroes. I can appreciate that, but we are people who cosplay and be the people that everybody hates. Um, which has to say something about us, which I think is all good things. Um, but let's get straight into it. Uh, so I wanna know what, what does the character of the villain itself that you choose to cosplay, how does that contribute to who you choose and why you choose that character? 
So, um, Shar, let's start with you. You did mention the fashion of it. So can you expand on that a bit? Absolutely. Um, if I'm captivated by their aesthetic or their costume, good chance I'm probably going to cosplay. For example, Regina from Once Upon a Time, the first time I laid eyes on her, I fell in love immediately. And then of course she had the sass and it was interesting twist on the character. So I was sold. Do you, does the costume come before the, fa the sass in your decision-making process or do you have to have both? I prefer both. I would say it's 50% of it. And if their costume is very unappealing, I might try to find a way to make it appealing and put my own twist on it. Okay, and um, Charlene, what about you? Sometimes it has to do with the fashion. Um, like I said, I don't sew. So um, it depends on my wardrobe, to be perfectly honest, or if I can thrift something fast enough. Uh, usually I put together something like uh, maybe a month or a couple weeks before a con, depending on the character, so. What is it about the villain character that draws you to choosing to cosplay them? <laughs> uh, sometimes the laugh, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> a good villain laugh just, just melts my heart, and I'm like, I need to do that. <laughs> uh, does any particular one come to mind that where you're like, that's the example of that's exactly what made me choose that villain. I mean, I love the the age-old um, like oh, trope in anime, but um, definitely one of my favorite is probably Princess Morbux from uh, Powerpuff Girls. And Socks, how about you? For me, the nastier the villain, the better. I love <laughs> all of these horrible, awful monsters that probably haven't bathed since they were, you know, bread from the egg who knows where these nasty things come from i really like um characters that are despicable characters that everybody loves to hate and especially characters that are a challenge to build dr caligosta lobato over here is one of my favorites he's uh, got a great personality and he's just horrible so <laughs> i tend to have bad taste <laughs> and aaron how about you Sure, uh, adding a bit of a twist. So because I primarily cosplay as a group, finding groups of villains was our first foray into villains. Uh, we, we chose um, the gentleman from uh, an episode of Buffy, Hush. And why we wanted to play those villains was because of the kinds of interaction you can have with people on a con floor or within a group that you you just don't get when you are a hero character. Uh, hero characters everyone wants to run up to and, and interact with. Villains, if, you, if you're doing one of the spooky ones, people are scared of, and that adds a whole twist to the experience that was a ton of fun to play. So that was my first four-way into villains and one of the reasons why they're uh, on my list of to-dos. That's also kind of the reason I choose villains is because of well, I picture what it would be like to move through a space and move through a crowd as that villain, what sort of manner mannerisms I would have, those lines that they say that are like their catchphrases that you can interact with people with. And if that looks like it would be fun for me to do, then I want to do it. And so Aaron and I have been LeFou and Gaston and we have Steins and we march around the con like linked arms and big swaggery steps and it's fun to do that and 
that's how I choose my villains. And you usually have that sense of moving through the con and interacting will be fun with villains where you don't have them with heroes. Like there's only so many times you can smile pretty. I mean, I lose interest in that very quickly. Um, Jen, you, you haven't contributed to that. Was there something you wanted to add to that topic? It's it, that, that walking through the crowd, it, like you were saying, it's so much more fun when you're a villain. It can be fun when you're, when you're a, a good character, but when you're a villain, you get to kind of saunter and like you're saying, you, it kind of gets old smiling pretty, like your face starts to hurt. But when you're evil, you can just smile with your eyes and your face doesn't get nearly as tired. It's so much fun. Villains are so much fun. Um, one thing that I also do like about villains, though, is um, the villains themselves oftentimes don't see themselves as villains. Um, some do. Some are just evil to be evil. But a lot of times they're living their lives, living their best lives, and other people think of them as evil. Gaston and LeFou are examples of that. Um, how, how does that affect how you approach being a villain? Um, Char, did you want to add something to that? I think it's fun because you get to add that to the character. So a lot of times I do events with children. So I will play on that and basically be like, I'm actually the victim here. I was not invited to the birthday party for Aurora, for example, if I'm being Maleficent. That's not my fault, that's wrong. And then usually sometimes the kids will usually play along with you and it just becomes a lot of fun back and forth. And you can just really add your own twist and personality to it. And Jen, what about you? So that fun and that interaction is why I frequently risk heat stroke wearing my faux fur pork coat because when I when I'm wearing walking around a convention in Cruella de Porg, I have to be in the mindset of no 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 I'm just I'm just trying to get myself a new coat get another coat look for porgs and you have so much fun with the interactions when you're deadpan and you're acting like there's nothing wrong with butchering a bunch of little adorable Star Wars critters and making them into a coat and watching it's like the more people react and the more horrified they are the more fun it is to be like i'm just this is fashion like there's nothing wrong with this and when i'm doing other star wars villains or like when i have my stormtrooper armor on um it's just kind of like no 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 we're we're bringing order to the galaxy those rebels they're causing trouble we're bringing order and it's a really fun dichotomy it's 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 that dramatic irony where the audience, the people you're interacting with, they know you're evil, you know you're evil, but it's so much fun to pretend like, no, 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 I'm doing the right thing. I'm just fashioning, getting, you know. I actually have a whole spiel about Cruella DeVille, particularly Glenn Close's version of Cruella DeVille and how she, like you take the fact that she wears fur out of it, she's actually kind of a feminist icon. I rewatched it while I was hot gluing this together. And she says to, I forget. Um, Anita. She said, yeah, she says to her like, why are you giving up every, you have so much potential. Why are you giving up all of this for a man? Like you can have a career. And I was watching that, I'm like, wow, she's not that. It, and it was telling that they had the villain say that. Cause when did that come out, 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. Well, and, like and not only was she giving up potential 
and talent and an upward tra tra trajectory for a man. She was giving that up for a pretty mediocre man. Yeah. So Cruella DeVille, I have some strong opinions about. Um, Aaron and I are also the stepsisters together. And that's a fun one to pretend that you're not evil because yeah. as the stepsister, you think you showed up as the bell of the ball and it, and you don't know you're tacky and you don't know you're yeah, obnoxious. You're, the, the, the goal is to land a man, secure your future. I mean, you've got, you've got things to do. And the fact that you're stepping in other people to get there is just how it's done as far as the sisters are concerned. Uh, which again is a, a lot of fun. Yeah. If they were in a Jane Austen novel, they would just be everyone else. They'd just be regular. They wouldn't be ugly or evil. Yeah. Well, and also the parts that make them ugly and evil, the fact that they are stepping over everyone they that is in front of them to secure their future, that also makes them more interesting to me. It They're gives them a character. The villains are never pushovers, which is a huge thing when you're looking at characters because so many of them, yeah, give, give up their best path forward because they want whatever to, to be the, the, good, the good girl. And they're like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, another part of how we find characterization of villains um, goes back to the censors in classic Disney anime, classic, old Hollywood, where um, if you were going to pre present a queer character, they had to either have a tragic end or they had to be the bad guy. And because of that, we do see a lot of queer coding in villains. A couple real famous ones are Ursula from The Little Mermaid, Scar from Lion King. Um, I think the Sheriff of Nottingham is very queer coded. Um, does anybody have thoughts on how that contributes to choosing to play villains or how they play villains? And I think Sox, you had something that touched on that a little bit to add. Kind of a similar vein. So um, as a non-binary person, I tend to uh, gravitate towards things that may not necessarily be gendered. And so a lot of times monsters uh, aren't gendered. So you have things like the xenomorphs from Alien, you have um, perhaps the Silent Hill monsters, things like that. I tend to gravitate more towards those characters as they don't always have a gender that's presented. And it's easier for me to resonate with that than say a hyper-feminine character or a hyper-masculine character. Something that's in between it happens to be not even human. I, th I think it's interesting how, um... I, somebody pointed out to me that villains are queer coded. Um, it was actually just pointed out when we were planning this panel that that might be a topic to talk about. And then I, it clicked in my head that most of my villains that I do fall in that range and most of them could be interpreted as gay or bi or gender fluid. That wasn't something I was planning on doing. Um, but for me as a queer person, I do like, I do like being a character that is sexy that doesn't necessarily fall within a certain gender or sexuality because it means the sky's the limit. So I will not change my body in any way to play male characters. So I'll be this gender fluid or androgynous 
take on characters because then you get to be these these crazy things. You don't have to change the characterization of them very much. And I actually really like that. I've done James from Team Rocket. I do the Sheriff of Rottingham. Um, I accidentally made Umbridge a lesbian in a photo shoot I did once, which wasn't intended, but when people pointed out, I was like, oh yeah, that's real obvious. Um, so that's something that I've found I do on accident, but I really, I really like that part of the lens. I like blurring that line of gender and sexuality. Um, does anybody else have something to add on that? I know it's kind of a specific topic. It doesn't apply to everyone. I, I had one little thought, and I'm, I'm only putting it out there because I think, again, it gives you a lens to think about. Um, it was mentioned a little bit earlier, the sky being the limit, right? When you, when you have the typical lead hero, good character, there is a box, there is a trope, there is a common thread to what they are supposed to be like. When you venture over into villains, it changes, and you can go in a lot of different spaces with villains, um, that, that is just more, you, you see that more on that side of the, of the divide, which if you're thinking about characters, if you're thinking about cosplay, uh, is something that can be very freeing to play with. Uh, do you, does anybody find, um, people's reactions to you change depending on whether you're a villain or a hero? Um, Shar, we haven't heard from you in a moment. Yes, um, a lot of times when people find out that I usually cosplay villains, they're like, but you're so nice, you're so friendly and cheerful, like why? Why on earth would you wanna do that? And I'm usually like, well, why not? They're usually the more fun ones. They usually have, frequently punny, and I am a sucker for a good pun. And then of course I already mentioned the fashion. Um, as far as in costume, sometimes children are either terrified or they're super excited. Like Ursula, whenever I do cosplay her, children gravitate towards me all the time and it's the most rewarding feeling because I fell in love with that character as a child. <laughs> Does anybody, has anybody found that children are scared of you? I'm guessing, Socks, you've had this experience. Yes. <laughs> children are terrified of me inside of cosplay and outside of cosplay. Um, I try really hard, um, because of the characters that I wear, I try really hard not to be in character because I terrify children constantly. They get really nervous around me. There was one little boy at the Stanley Hotel where I did a photo shoot at and um, he was terrified of me. So I got down on his level and I started ex explaining to him, I'm like, this is all fake. This is all, this is oatmeal that's on my face. The blood isn't real. This is all imaginary. And he seemed to calm down a little bit. But I've had a lot of instances where people, um, children are just terrified of me. The same character, Eddie Gluskin, I was wearing to a convention and I had some people look at me and whisper to each other, they're like, oh my God, that's Eddie Gluskin, that's really scary, and immediately got away from me because they were so scared to see me. And it's gotten to the point where um, people in my life just characterize me as a villain. 
And so people are like, oh, Socks is the mad scientist, the evil doctor. And um, I actually, I had a friend at one point tell me, they were like, I wouldn't be surprised if you became a serial killer in real life. I'm like, you can't just say that. Um, so it really, it has bled into my life, uh, being the villain character. And people just see me as the fun villain friend. Very, very interesting. I think if you were to become a serial killer, that's just a little too on the nose. Right. <laughs> like, would a serial killer really dress up as serial killers? Like, mm. in my regular life, I'm, I'm also a teacher, so I'm around kids a lot. And what's interesting is I also, I, I also cosplay a lot of heroic characters. And I've had kids terrified of me when I'm in Princess Leia. So it's not always the villain. Sometimes a kid will, I've had kids who are scared of the hero characters and if I'm in my stormtrooper get super excited because there's like that faceless helmet thing that somehow makes you less terrifying um but when when a kid is if a kid's really scared I'm gonna break character because I don't want to traumatize a kid and especially I think we all cosplay characters that we love their the fandoms we love the media they're from and the last thing we want to do is ruin whatever genre, whatever film, whatever it is, we don't want to ruin that character for a kid for the rest of their life. We want them to think back and be like, oh, I remember when I saw Darth Vader. I mean, I'm, I don't dress up as Darth Vader because I don't want to die of heat stroke, but it's, it's, it's having, that, having that memory. And I think one of the best things is if I notice a kid kind of looking a little scared, I just hang back. And I think what can be challenging is a lot of times, especially, and I imagine the, the Disney villain cosplayers get this a lot. A lot of times parents are really excited for their kids to get a picture with the ugly stepsisters. And the hardest thing is to set that boundary sometimes with the parents to say, no, I'm not going to take a picture with your kid. They're screaming. I mean, but not saying it like that, but kind of phrasing as I'll be around. If you're ready for a picture later, you can come back. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But I think it's kind of as when we, when we dress up as a character, especially a scary one, we don't want to ruin that character for a kid. I used to do a lot of volunteering as a superhero. And oftentimes parents would be like, go get your picture taken with Wonder Woman or go get your picture taken with whoever. And the kids would get nervous or they would be intimidated or just very shy. And you see it like with, pictures of Santa Claus too. Like mm -hmm. if your kid is screaming, it doesn't matter if you're a hero or a villain, villain, the kid is scared. Just let them not take a picture with you, please. PSA parents, don't do that. Um, and also sometimes like as a, the stepsisters, it's a big princess dress. Like a lot of times kids don't even know who your character is. They just see a cool costume. So it's, there's also that element where they have no idea that you're a bad guy. Yeah, I, I, a lot of us are cosplaying because we like playing the character. It's not just about the outfits, but when you've got someone who's afraid, when you have someone who is not doing well, whatever the reason, then you break character, for goodness sake. It, is, it, it should be a community that let, makes people happy or, or helps uh, encourage participation. And anytime someone's afraid, then that, that's not the time. Then, then you back off, like it was being said. I also think it's a consent thing. If you're interacting with somebody who is not interested in doing a role play with you, then stop role playing with them. Cause that's what, that's what cosplaying in character is. It's a role play um, and it's an improv and some people just don't like that. So let them not be involved in that if you, if they don't want to be. 
but speaking of the performance, we've touched on it quite a bit because it seems like a lot of people use that as a motivator to cosplay villains. Um, but how much of your performance and characterization do you bring to wearing your cosplay? And Charlene, it's been a minute since we've heard from you. So let's, let's ask you that question first. I mean, it hasn't always been a focus for me. I, I, I find probably as I've gotten older, it's become a little bit more important just because I like to try to challenge myself, I guess. So in terms of like actual performance, like at a con, um, I try my best. Uh, I like that it kind of acts, your, sorry, your costume actually kind of acts like a universal, like, sign to the people in the fandoms, right? So you're obviously going to attract people that are in the same fandom as you because you're wearing a certain character. And like, I, I see that as like an open in invitation to interact together. So um, most of the time it's been pretty positive. I haven't had some, you know, weird ones, but uh, you know, it's, that's the fun of it. And um, you know, for a lot of people that's really important. And just, yeah, uh, that's, you know, that's the point. <laughs> and Char, how about you? For me, I would piggyback off of that. I know that um, two characters come to mind for me, um, my Hello Kitty Darth Vader and my Lady Thanos. When I was Darth Vader, every single little boy that I interacted with wanted to battle me nonstop. So I stayed in character, but it was fun. And since they were into it, it was fun to have that back and forth. With Thanos, um, as far as children, I'll never forget, there was a little Spider-Man. And of course, he was a little scared of me. So I had to tell him, like, I promise I'm not going to snap you away. And I got on his level and I waited for him to feel comfortable to come to me. And then he ended up being a fan. And it was just a fun encounter so it is a lot of fun interacting and then of course Ursula usually there's a lot of fun with that and when, when you have accessories and tentacles you can really play with that and it just ends up being such a fun experience not just for yourself but for the people that engage you as well. And Erin? Yeah I mean the performance is what I find fun about these characters. Um, I do think that that there are times when what would be totally in character maybe isn't something I'm comfortable with in the moment. And so then you change it up. Uh, um, I'm thinking of an example actually as, as Bad Janet and Abby, you were there for this. Her catchphrases are personal insults to the people she's interacting with. I couldn't do it. I tried practicing with my friends before we left the hotel room. I could not go there, so I didn't. I changed the catchphrases and I made it be what I wanted it to be so that the interactions would stay fun. I, it would still be in character, but you know, you make those adjustments so, so the experience reads well, but everyone's having a good time, including you as the cosplayer. Yeah, and your Janet is great. Thanks. And if you're not familiar with Janet, she does do a lot of body shaming. I think that was the thing that you had. Of body shaming and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. So I didn't. Yeah. Which is good. You, you can draw that line. You don't have to be perfectly in character all the time. Um, 
And socks, what about you? I don't, you do full masks. How much of the characterization can you do? So I actually try really hard to not be in character as much as possible. Um, just because a lot of the characters that I do, um, take for example, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac that I am right now, this is not an appropriate character to be role-playing as at conventions. Um, I might say like a one-liner or something like that just off the cuff, but as a whole, I'm going to be myself because there's a time and a place. And for most of my characters, they are so far off. They are so evil. They are so nasty that I don't want to be that. I don't want to be presented as that. So I tend to be the happiest Johnny the Homicidal Maniac you're going to see. I'm super bubbly, super cheerful, and I just try to be more myself than the character. I can look like the character, but I'm not going to act like a jerk. And Jen, what about you? So that, um, I think, Shar, you mentioned the accessories piece. I think people love getting stuff. So one of the things that kind of made it easiest for me to get into my Corella Depor costume is I had, I made business cards. I don't, I don't know if I'm reversed, but um, just because it, it helps people to get what it is, but also on the, I don't actually I think I have my lights are too bright, but on the back, it says Corella de Porg, Porg enthusiast. Let's see if I can get, but I just, I have them, I have them in my coat pockets and walking around, I just like hand them to people and be like, have you seen any Porgs? I need some more. Like, and just go into a whole thing. And I, I wore it first at Dragon Con and it's Atlanta and it's hot even inside. So I would just, I kind of, and everyone was kind of like knew I was dying of heat. So I was kind of going into a spiel of like, oh, I need more porgs for a winter coat. Cause this is obviously my summer coat. And for me, it helped me really get into the character. And later on I made like a, a Jawa with the, it basically looks like a bunch of porgs standing on each other's shoulders that I put my husband in and drag him around because that, and then I can kind of be like, oh, like my, my new assistant hasn't helped me find any porg cause it's a bunch of, it's actually a bunch of porgs standing on each other's shoulders disguised as a Jawa. Um, and it's just, it's just fun to be able to be in there. And because it is a completely mashup made up character, I can stay in, I can stay in character. And I haven't really had, I haven't scared any kids enough to the point where I have to break and be like, no, no, it's okay. Um, because it's just completely made up. And I think the kid, the, all the kids I've run into have, have known that porgs aren't real, but it's, it's so much fun. And then certain costumes, like in my, in my Stormtrooper, you kind of can't help but be in character because you can't see anything and you can't really go anywhere because you'll run into things. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to bring that aspect of, of, of staying in character when you're walking around and interacting with people because, I mean, when, when you're walking around a con and you run into someone in character, it's so much fun to interact with them and see that, unless they're a homicidal maniac and then you want to meet the fun, the, the real nice person. One thing about choosing to do goofy villains is that the ways in which your villain is bad is also the ways in which they are funny. Um, so when we do the stepsisters, if somebody asks us to take a picture with them, we'll stand in front of them so that they're not in, sh in frame or we'll push them out of frame or, or, you know, you can do these little things where it's like you're interacting with them in character. Um, you're looking obnoxious. You're looking like you love the camera and the spotlight and everybody's having a good time. And we've done that to the point where people will be like, yeah, that's funny. You blocked me, but now I really want a picture with you. Like, can I actually be in this one? And so, um, it's one of the reasons why I think the funny villains are 
just such a joy to be because you make people happy while being evil or just bad or naughty. And that's my favorite part of them. But, you know, Socks, you mentioned this just a little bit about how you don't cross the line of behaving inappropriately when you are in these scary monster characters. Um, where do we draw the line with the villains that we choose in general? Are there characters that are so bad you won't do them? Yeah, the I refuse to do um, real people. I have seen people who will do... Uh, some things. Uh, there was somebody that I knew I no longer interact with, but they actually cosplay Nazis. And that one, that wasn't okay with me. It didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel appropriate or reasonable at all. So that's something that I would never do. I would never do a real person who's like a real serial killer, like Jack the Ripper. That one's not okay with me. Um, other than that, I really, I'll go kind of anywhere. I'll cosplay Outlast, which is a really graphic and gory game. I'll cosplay, uh, you know, kind of anything. But does anybody else have a line that they won't cross? Um, I have something to add to that. I guess, like, being um, Wicked Lady from Sailor Moon, uh, it's it's not, like, taking every aspect of the character is what you want to cosplay. It's taking the things that you liked about that character. So, like, in terms of Wicked Lady and the uh, some of the actions that she has in, in the series, um, I would never, like, portray something like that because that's not something I like about the character. And that's just, that's just for me. So I, I agree with that. If you're not comfortable with portraying a character that way, then you shouldn't be. <laughs> um, and Char, what about you? For me, um, similar line, like, I would not feel comfortable cosplaying, um, Nazis and some people have given me a rebuttal They're like but you play someone that does genocide as far as Thanos and I'm like well that's a fictional alien and he's not specifically singling out like one particular group and it kind of comes back to defending the villain again he does it unbiasedly by 50 percent he he thinks that he's helping the world by reducing the number of populations so as long as I tried to stay within that and I don't feel too morally conflicted then I have a still pretty wide spectrum, but yes, um, for example, Nazis. I might, for me, my line is that if, if the victim of my villain is a real person or demographic or, I mean, Nazis are a great example. They victimize real people. Um, I cosplay as Umbridge, who is genocidal and extremely racist, I mean, essentially, but it's against non-magic people which don't exist so i can i can give myself that buffer because she's an allegory for all of those terrible things that we don't want to represent but it is still allegorical um so that's how i personally draw the line i wouldn't do man from the high castle stuff i wouldn't do the boys stuff i don't i don't go there if somebody is going to look at my costume and feel that I'm a person they should be threatened by or concerned about. Does anybody else have something about that that they wanted to add? I think your example of the boys is kind of a, the, a really timely one, especially because 
they like Homelander and Stormfront, they are racist and genocidal against real groups of people who are facing persecution and more than that now. And I've seen people cosplaying those characters, but it's it's not something I, I could see myself being comfortable with. Uh, and uh, one last thing to just um, touch on is that as villains, we still show up to family-friendly events. Cons are family-friendly for the most part. And is there anything about your portrayal as villains that you change for family-friendly events versus photo shoots or parties or anything else like that that you go to? Um, Char. Um, my example would be with Ursula of my Flotsam and Jetsam. I have these two plushies for when I go to cons and I took out the teeth out of one of them so it looks gummy and sometimes some of the children would be scared of them and so I can kind of ease them and say don't worry I took out the teeth out of the mean one he won't bite you I'm like this one will protect you so something along those lines or um, as far as props, something a little bit softer. I've even contemplated doing something like a blow-up sword just to kind of add humor to it, but to still keep it safe. That way people feel a little bit comfortable even while being a threatening character on appearance. And Socks, did you have anything to add? Um, Mostly just what I've said in general about I try to not be a character. That's kind of about it. As far as my props and things like that, I will still bring knives and axes and things like that to conventions because they're just props and they're very obviously props. So I think that in the setting that those things can be okay. So if you are walking around on like the street with a knife, obviously that's not okay. But if it's at a convention, you've got a big old pink peace bond on it, you're good to go. Well, that's all the time we have to talk about villains today. Thank you all so much for joining us and participating in our SheProp Villain panel. Um, once again, my name is Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay, and I just want to invite everybody, if they haven't dipped their toe into being a baddie, trust me, it's so much fun. You need to give it a try. So. Um, Everybody, please uh, go around one more time and introduce yourselves and make sure we know where to find you on social media. So I'm Jen of Jen Air Cosplay, J-E-N-E-Y-R-E -E Cosplay. And you can find me at Jen Air Cosplay on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you happen to see any porgs running around, please send them my way because I could probably use another coat. And thank you so much for having me. I am Char of Char Star Cosplay. I can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And in the future, I can always give you pointers on contracts. Ursula knows them very well. And I'm Erin Eide of Team Totoro Cosplay. We are found on Facebook and probably some other places, but I am not the social uh, network coordinator. I wanted to say when it comes to villains, Give it a go, echoing what Abby said. Th there is so much freedom in breaking out of the, the good character box that everyone should give it a try.
And my name is Charlene. I go by Candy Happy. You can find me uh, Candy Happy on Instagram is where I do most of my stuff. I post my art as well as uh, Lolita chords and stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. And once again, I'm Socks from Visera Cosplay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for joining. We'll see you on the flip side. And I'm Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay. You can find me at Abby Cat Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find all of us in the SheProp community. So please come and join. If you are trans, non-binary, or a woman, we would be so happy to have you. It's an extremely supportive space. You will also be able to check out our YouTube channel and our podcast where you can see more panels just like this one, as well as interviews with some really incredible makers. So thank you all for joining us today and thank you for watching.